So as we're on this fourth Sunday of Advent, and continuing to hear from God's Word through the Psalms, because we've been going through the Psalms this Advent season, and this morning we're going to hear from uh, parts of Psalm 89. Psalm 89 is a fairly large psalm um, written by Ethan the Ezraite, and Ethan was in Solomon's courts, and he was considered to be a very wise person, of course, not as wise as Solomon was, but he was wise. And this morning we uh, first hear from Psalm 89... Verses 1 through 4, and then we'll uh, jump to 19 to 26, and then later in the service, uh, as we go through the service, a sermon, 38 to 46. So Psalm 89, 1 through 4, and 19 through 26. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you've established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I've sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. And 19 through 26. Once you spoke in a vision to your faithful people, you said, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. I've raised up a young man from among the people. I found David, my servant, with my sacred oil, I have anointed him, and my hand will sustain him, and surely my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him, the wicked will not oppress him, and I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him, and through my name his horn will be exalted, and I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers, and he will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, the Rock, my Savior." In a moment, we'll read from 38 to 45, 46. So through the earlier illustration, perhaps some of you could make out the various pictures and could see things from a different perspective. Maybe in, in some cases, and not all of you, could see the optical illusions Sometimes our eyes and our minds will play tricks on us, or maybe our eyes or our minds will be stubborn and not see what could be there. Some of the children and some of the adults uh, are have, sometimes have visual challenges, and that does prevent them from seeing clearly from a visual perspective. From a spiritual perspective, sometimes our eyes and our minds uh, end up going in a different direction. Or sometimes perhaps we're spiritually challenged or spiritually impaired. And sometimes it's difficult to see Jesus and we have to just kind of take a step back and look at things from a different perspective. We may think that things are one way, but when we look a little closer or maybe take a backward view, a look from the balcony, we could be seeing something totally different. The context of this psalm, Psalm 89, is Israel wondering, and perhaps even doubting. Yes, they are rejoicing, and they're singing in the beginning of this psalm. We've read from, from 1 to 4 and 19 to 26, and the psalm begins with singing about God and, and His great love, and how He set King David on the throne, and continuing, they continue to sing and proclaim about His faithfulness and great love. And today we light the candle, the Advent candle, representing love. 
We read from verses 1 to 4, and we didn't follow the following verses 5 and on. We didn't read from, but in that section, the psalmist praises God for His control over nature and for His power and faithfulness over the world. And then with the part that we did read, verse 19 and following in 26, the psalmist then praises God for the promises of a king, and he's referring to King David. How God was going to bring this mighty warrior to lead the nation of Israel and and to conquer the nations. The psalmist is referring to God's promise of keeping that Davidic line forever. And even talks about God being his father, his God, his rock, his savior. But the psalmist and the Israelites did not always have that same perspective. In this psalm, we have what's called a a great reversal. And I'm going to read from that in a moment. And I could have just skipped this part that I'm going to read and just left it out. And it would have been just talking about a happy story, about a faithful God. And of course, that he is a faithful God, but we could have left it at that. And I could have just kept it at one perspective. But the reality is that even in times of ancient Israel, as it is now, even the day before Christmas... Yes, we're filled with joy, but perhaps some have come with sorrow. Some have come with frustrations. Some have come with confusion and maybe even doubts. And we all come with distractions because we all come with sins. So I'm going to read the great reversal from Psalm 89, verses 38 to 46. But... You have rejected. You have spurned. You've been very angry with your anointed one. You've renounced the covenant with your servant and have defiled his crown in the dust. You've broken through all his walls and reduced his stronghold to ruins. All who pass by have plundered him and he has become the scorn of his neighbors. You've exalted the right hand of his foes. You've made all the enemies rejoice. Indeed, you've turned back the edge of his sword and you have not supported him in battle. You've put an end to his splendor and cast his throne to the ground. You've cut short the days of his youth and you've covered him with a mantle of shame. And then verse 46, How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like a fire? In verses 38 to 46, the psalmist is referring to an invasion that has occurred with Israel. Now here we are in 2017, and we know from reading God's word with each captivity and invasion that has taken place with Israel in scriptures, we have hindsight, and we know that God did not forsake the Israelite community. We have the whole story before us. We have that perspective. But the people at that time, put yourself in their place, in their shoes, the people at that time were questioning God. And now even with hindsight for us, we sometimes are people at this time, 2017, that will also at times question God. But God made promises to his people. He made promises to Abraham, to David, to the whole community of Israel. And But through times of captivity, the people wondered at that time if maybe God was reneging on his promises. If they were in captivity and God promised that the line of David and the kings would continue on, how is that possible? They're in captivity. There can be no king reigning. It seemed to be so hopeless in captivity. Did captivity and the struggles that they were going through, did this mean the end of the line of the kings and did it mean the end of the Jewish people? 
which means the end of God's promises. And so verse 38 begins with the words, but God. Now in the English language, the word but has to be used carefully because it can be read with the meaning that everything that precedes it is negated. As soon as you say the word but, whatever you said beforehand is kind of now done and over with. It's like, I love you, sweetheart. But every time you do that, or I really wanted to come to church this morning, but that bed felt so warm. You see, good intentions, but the but negates it. The author of the psalm talks about God's great love and God's faithfulness. And then in verse 38, he says, but. It's like, I want to follow you, God, but. I want to be obedient to you, God, but. I want to believe you, God, and in your promises, but. There's this crying out. It's like, God, you have great love. You are faithful. You are merciful. But what about those promises? And then in verse 46, the psalmist cries out on behalf of the nation, How long, Lord? How long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? You see, doubts were entering into the minds of the people. God had sworn to David that this line would continue, and now in captivity, the generations would be without a king. And they'd be for sure without a king through the line of David, so it seems. So doubts and fears and suspicions. Is God maybe not who he says he is? Is God not a God of his word? Does he break his promises? The whole world seems to be falling apart. The covenant seems to be in shambles. And the psalmist provides a different perspective. We can remain in the shambles of life. But as we step back and take a different perspective... The psalmist knows that God is good. That God is faithful. And his people, they need to sing. They need to sing of his great love forever. Yes, Israel has been in captivity. Yes, not everything will always go right. But God's love is forever. That's the reversal of the reversal. But God's love is forever. We live in an era where political leaders tend to break their promises and Things are set among people and and they're taken back. Promises in general are not what they used to be. Commitments are more and more shallow. And we'll often use that word, oh yes, but our God is faithful. And as verse 1 states, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. We sing that song, right? I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. God is faithful. God's promises were fulfilled. David's line continued on. We read that in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Matthew 1, verse 6. We read about the prophecy and the, and the line being fulfilled where it says that Jesse was the father of David. And then it continues on in Matthew 1, the genealogical list leading to Jesus Christ. The psalmist Ethan is keeping our perspective, keeping the people's and our perspective back on God. It's like that last slide of the object's. 
We can either see the shambles of the characters and the objects that are before us. We can see the busyness of our lives, the distractions of our sins, or we can find Jesus in our lives. The psalmist says that no matter what happens, God's rule will continue on and Jesus is part of our life. And even the days that we fail to see Jesus, God's grace is so amazing that His Spirit will prompt us to turn our eyes to Jesus. Now this is also a generational psalm. And it's important to teach the generations. And it's important not to just hide the sorrow and the pain and the struggles in our lives. And it's also important to teach the children a different perspective. That things are not always as they seem. And yes, there is sin. And yes, people do hurt each other. And yes, God continues to be faithful and loving. You see, I think this psalm reminds us that there's always another story. There's always another perspective. I mean, you can look at these candles, and maybe some of you are looking at these candles and saying, yes, there's pain and conflict and struggle and sin. The four candles. But there is hope. There is love. There is joy. There is peace. And above all, there is the love of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. When our perspective or our view is somewhat distorted, again, when sometimes things in life look like a bunch of shapes just put together, may we continue to see Jesus in our life and in the life of the church. See Jesus in a manger. See Jesus calling us to follow Him. See Jesus on the cross. See the empty tomb. See Jesus today. And yes, sometimes we're going to hear bad things that are going on in the world, in our life, in the church. And the Bible promises that Jesus will come again. And maybe we get a little impatient and we begin to wonder, well, is Jesus maybe breaking His promises? Well, we have to look at things from a different perspective and realize that God is with us always. Even if there are times that it seems that He's not. God is faithful always. Even when it seems... He might be breaking His promises. But He's not. And that's why it's a good thing to get together during Advent, not only anticipating the celebration of Christ's birth on Christmas Day, but anticipating be reminded that He will come again. He will fulfill His promise. It's good to celebrate Christmas every year. Why do we keep celebrating the birth of Jesus year after year? To be reminded that Jesus did come to this earth as a baby. He kept His promise then, and He will keep His promise and come again. So may God's faithfulness continue to overflow in your life. May, may His faithfulness continue to be evident in your life. And may you sing of the Lord's love forever and make His faithfulness known to all generations. Tomorrow is Christmas. And may it just not be another church service. May it not just be another family thing. May it not just be another day that maybe you didn't get the present that you wanted. May you see it from a different perspective. May you see what we're supposed to see. See Jesus. The birth of the Christ child. A Savior who loved you so much that He came to earth to live, to die, and to give you new life and a Savior that will come again. 
glory to God in the highest, hope, peace, joy, and love be to all humanity on whom his favor rests. And together we say, Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for being faithful to your promises. We thank you for being loving to your people. We thank you for your grace and your mercy to each of us. Continue to bless us and continue to make yourself known to us, to all generations. And may we continue to see you at work in our life, in our church, and always present. We bless you and we praise you. It is only in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.